You said Y-E-S to buying an HDB flat together. Now, there's another three letters to take note of. I-L-Y? <laughs> I know, B-T-O. No, H-F-E. You need a valid HDB flat eligibility letter if you're applying for your BTO flat. It takes about a month to process your HFE application. So, if you haven't gotten an HFE letter, apply at homes.hdb.gov.sg. That's H-O-M-E-S hdb.gov.sg. Hey, it's Gold 905. Sounds good, feels good. And we are back and in conversation with our Makankaki, Ming Tan, who's not just a chef, but also brand director of the Refectory F&B Concepts. And currently, he's also the host of a TV series. Uh, tell us more about what you're doing with Channel News Asia. Because I, I'm not busy enough already, <laughs> I carried on working with uh, CNA Cruise. This is the fourth season of this show, right? Mm. It started out being called For Food's Sake. FFS. This year, they've decided to call it Food to Change the World. The themes have changed from, you know, Singaporean hot topics like price hikes and scarcity to bigger questions of how food fits into greater issues around the world, how your choice of food can affect the world around you and yourself. It's currently showing. You can watch reruns of it and they will broadcast this on Channel News Asia. But you can also watch it on demand at MeWatch online wherever you are on the planet. So, where was I? I was talking about this season. Yes, mm. food to change the world. My goodness, the topics have crossed the gut biome. Your gut being your second brain and how to feed that for better human performance. Mm. both mentally and physically, things like environmental effects of choosing specific types of foods, food to replace medicine to an extent to prevent chronic disease or to manage chronic disease. So I'm very, very heartened to note that the topics they're touching on this season are going beyond the self. How does this make me feel shook? It goes beyond that. It doesn't hurt my wallet. How does this affect me, the human beings around me, and my community and my world at large? You've gone through several episodes. You've probably interviewed loads of people and covered all these different really interesting topics. Do you have a personal favourite or one that really stuck with you? I would have to say... Understanding how the food you eat affects your gut and what happens in your gut with your natural flora and fauna inside your gut bacteria does mm. more than just make you feel bloated or gassy. Yeah. No, no, no. It does a lot more than that. It has to do with your energy retention, your mental equity, your memory, your ability to stay sharp and focused throughout the entire day or over the course of you know, a stressful project. What you eat and how you eat and what you're fueling your bacteria in your stomach has an effect. And I have just barely begun to scratch the surface on this mm. because I'm, I'm not a science guy. I'm a food guy. And yeah. yes, our approach is technical, but it really takes a person trying things out on their own for you to find the changes that can be personal to you. And I think that's a very strong point. Okay, so I'm kind of excited that you mentioned it because I'm not sure if uh, what you're exploring is the same as what I have in my mind, but I happen to have a friend who works in a lab that does study gut bacteria. Are they asking for poo donations? What are they called? Yes. Em- Emily, right? Emily. Yeah. That's right. I did make a little donation. <laughs> That's as far as I can oh, go oh, to say. Tell us, tell us. Now you've let it out. You have to be specific. They get sheets of data from it, right? Yeah, exactly. And I got my data and I was shocked how much they could tell me about heart health, brain health, gut health right? on top of that. Exactly. It was fascinating stuff. So I'm going to assume that you also made a little donation to the lab. I did. Okay, so this part was quite fun. Of all the strange and kooky things I've done, I know it wasn't a pun, by the way, but kooky, I mean, like, weird. <laughs> I've been in the middle of potato farms in far-flung places. I've watched people milk all manner of animals. I've never 
filmed myself scooping up my own poo. <laughs> but can I just say that this was a reenactment? Of course, you're not going to invite thing. the film crew into your bathroom just to no, capture the they, act, right? Precisely. They set up a reenacted bathroom and they made very realistic looking fresh props. There was a banana coated in chocolate syrup. <laughs> Hershey's, by the way. Right consistency. And then Milo powder and they started it with nuts. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe you're talking about this. I'm surprised that they even went that graphic. I thought they may have just skipped the main event and just suggested that this is what was happening and then this got sent into <laughs> the lab. But wow, they really went there. It was a fun little segment. Yeah. It, it had a lot of me peering into a seat, just the seat. Yeah? Yeah. The camera was below the seat because he can't obviously be hiding in the bowl, right? <laughs> Not physically possible. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. It was just a seat and then I was peering in and then looking around and scooping things. It was fascinating. I had so much fun. And it's absolutely insightful. Did you take action? Um, How was your journey into changing your diet? So this is the shameful part of it all. Oh, here we go. I did nothing. I made no changes to my diet and I took no action whatsoever. So I'm hoping that perhaps you have a better story and a more positive outcome. So I do. You see the data and then they tell you in a detailed breakdown, this is what you should be eating, this is how much you should be eating. This is where you stand in terms of diversity of little things in your stomach. This is where you want to be and this is where you are on a scale. Some of these things are more guidelines and recommendations. They make it very clear that they are correlating data Mm. based on what they can find in people. This is not meant to be medical advice yet. Yeah. That's very clear. They give you suggestions, but this is not supposed to replace like a proper health screening. But once you have enough data that lines up, then you can make a very strong line and say there is a correlation between people who have this in their gut and what you will likely be suffering from. So for instance, they told me that I had a problem with energy retention and activation, and that was because of some random bacteria in my gut that they could test for. Mm. Uh, What does your gut feed on? On top of all the junk that you put into it, the gut is mostly served well by fiber. So they recommend always just a ton of vegetables and fruits and a variety of them. Darker colors, mixed items. So for instance, if you ate half a kilogram of spinach every day for three months, Mm. you'd be in a good place. But they recommend you eat half a kilogram of vegetables mixed across the board every day for three months for you to see like a wonderful result. It's good for your gut to have diversity also because Mm. this is something that people don't realize. When you pick up a probiotic drink and it goes like, good for you, probiotics proven to work. Mm. Proven to work for who and in what context? Everyone's gut biome is going to be different. And that was the biggest takeaway I had. They tailor something for you, some advice. Mm. And you act on it and you see how this works for you. So just to underline this all, I had a probiotic that was tailored for me that I took. And it's the first time I've ever had a smooth journey. There was nothing bumpy about it. Mm -hmm. And the second thing was increasing the amount of vegetables I was eating on top of keeping my food intake to specific hours has had a huge change in the way I put on weight and I keep the weight off. Mm. So I've been able to maintain my weight with a lot of ease and a lot of control because of the amount of vegetables I'm eating based on their recommendations. Wow. And I feel good. I feel better. I feel good. And I'm not even like hardcore on this yet. Right, so we right. interviewed a gentleman who was on this strictly for three months and he followed everything to a T. He did say this was a bit unsustainable mm. because it's just too much effort and work. Once you travel, right, that goes out the window. Yeah. And he lost something like 16 kilograms in three months and his blood work went from like really dangerous to like competitive athlete almost wow and this was just following some guidelines with regard to gut biome yeah it's not advice that you haven't heard before eat more vegetables but eat what 
how much mm. and do what with that information. So mm. it's the first world modern problem, right? You got all this information now. Mm. What are you guys going to do about it? Do you want to act on it? Or do you want to go, okay, that's cool, that's inside my stomach, and then carry on eating chips and french fries? <laughs> Why did you have to go mention french fries? My well, favorite nothing, thing in the whole world. There's nothing wrong with them, but if they constitute a majority of your diet, then your gut biome is probably not very diverse. Fries are a vegetable, aren't they? <laughs> uh, no, they're a storage root, and hence they're carbohydrates. Uh, yes. <laughs> has this episode actually come out already? I believe it has, but you can catch this all online on demand on Watch. Okay. And on CNA.com as well. Yes, yeah, so uh, this is called please. Food to Change the World. The episode on the gut biome is fascinating. Yes. Otherwise, you can catch new episodes every Monday, if I'm not wrong, right? Yes, that's right. And after they start to broadcast this on other days, you will basically see snippets of the shows and me giving recommendations or visiting fun places. I went to St. John's Island. Did you know that they have a very fun marine research facility there that has successfully grown some of the best bear money on the planet? No. Uh, to the tune of like 13, 14 generations. Yeah, this, this blew my mind. So... Most of the high-quality farmed barramundi that you are receiving now from companies that are trying to be far more sustainable with their systems, their seed stock, their fish fry, come from the genetic lineage of very selectively bred fish that have been just put together for 12 to 14 generations. It's a very specific process that's time-sensitive and just a lot of work, but it's a wonderful facility. Just looking at baby barramundi is fascinating because they immerse them in their own food and let them swim with baby shrimp, basically. Right. And then they just eat non-stop for like the first one week of their life. It's wonderful. It's like throwing me into a pool of donuts. <laughs> but the donuts are trying to run away from me, so I actually had to chase after them. And they're like, mmm, donut, yum, donut, yeah. And I grow, and then they put me into a bigger pool with more donuts. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you really want, to have the life of a baby barramundi. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we, we go from gut health to donuts right now. So, yeah. <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> On top of like the viewers being educated, I'm sure for you, it's been just such a fun journey into something that you're obsessed with food, but like all the different stories behind how food gets made, produced and it, how it's evolving. That's a dream job, really. I would really characterize it as you described. You know, being in media in some form is a privilege, right? Someone wants to hear what you have to say about a thing, a person or a situation. Mm. And we have to bear some of the responsibility to do that properly, mm. number one. Do that accurately and approach it in an energetic form mm. with some sort of integrity. And I think it's a privilege. I only have gratitude to the teams that make me look less silly than I actually am <laughs> on <laughs> national TV. Uh, and all the people that have been so forthcoming with information to let us into their world of very important and serious work. It's one thing for me to just jump around and poke around in their labs, right? But to shed the light and tell the story of what they're doing and why this is important, Mm. I want to bear that responsibility in a mature and entertaining manner, I guess. Yeah, we've been speaking with Chef Ming Tan and he's the host of CNA's Food to Change the World, which is currently now on new episodes on Mondays. Hold your thoughts. We're going to come back in just a little bit. And I don't know how much more intimately we can get to know... Chef Ming, especially since we've been talking about his gut biomes, but uh, we're going to be asking him my usual food-related questions next. Stand by.
Mom, can you cook next week? I'd like to invite the extended family over for a meal. <sighs> I'd love to, but my hands are numb and tingly. Difficult to stir the pot or cut the vegetables. This might be due to nerve damage. Try Neurobion. It's packed with high-strength vitamin B1, B6 and B12. Clinically proven to regenerate and nourish the nerves. Wow, I'll give it a try. Can't wait to cook again. Get Neurobion from Watson's today. Put life back in your hands with Neurobion.